week preparing this preach because uh, the text is uh, it's about Satan and suffering. <laughs> so I uh, hope you're looking forward to it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. When you, when you prepare something like this, you often find that yeah, God causes you to sort of live out your preach a bit and, 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 and feel a bit of the sort of pressures that, that are mentioned in the text that you've been given. So, um, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been quite an interesting week. And, uh, yeah, I hope that this serves you. But I want to pray. I want to pray before we get into this, um, because it's not really about Satan and suffering. It's, it's really about Jesus and how much greater he is than Satan and suffering. And this theme has been coming through our worship. How great is our God in, in the face of anything and everything that we encounter in our lives. How great is our God? Did you, did you hear, did you feel that theme? It's been a special time of worship this morning. So I want to pray that, that we can stay in that space as I, as I preach. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is a lamp unto our feet I thank you that it makes us wise. I thank you that it opens our eyes. Uh, I thank you that you strengthen us and feed us through it. And I pray you would do that now. But Holy Spirit, this, this time is nothing without you. Because you bring it alive. You, you apply it to our hearts. And, and Holy Spirit, I pray, come. Fall on me, fall on us. Fill me, fill us afresh spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we might see and know our Lord Jesus more. We give this time to you. We say, give us hearts to receive what you would say to us, and let us be changed into your likeness, Jesus. In your name, amen. And so we continue the series, Triumphs and Trials, and we have this situation which we've heard about in previous weeks, where there are trials. Paul, by the grace of God, planted a church in a place called Thessalonica. And people were one to Jesus. They saw, they heard, and they saw Jesus. And they were one. Their hearts were one. But the locals got jealous, and they got angry. Those people would have left sort of other religions, other groups to give themselves to this new church. And the people they left behind, they got jealous, got angry. Mobs were formed, riots occurred. And Paul, having started this church, he had to flee for his own safety. And these poor Christians, brand new baby Christians inspired by this, by Paul, this, this great man of God, uh, they suddenly they were left without him and probably felt a bit vulnerable, probably felt like, yeah, they'd, 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 they'd lost someone that was important to them. And 
Paul speaks about it like this. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. Paul says to them in this letter, Brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense Longing, We made every effort to see you. We wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. You, you, you hear his, his, his heart for them. He, he so wants and wishes that he could be back with them. But he says, Satan blocked my way. Then he says, so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. That's where Paul had gone on to. And from Athens, he sent Timothy. He said, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Yeah, this is a trial. This is a testing time they're in. Paul wants them to be encouraged in their faith. He says, for you know quite well that we are destined for them, destined for these trials. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labours might have been in vain. So this is the first half of, of, of our of our verses for this morning. And yeah, like I said, we see Satan and we see suffering. We see Satan mentioned a couple of times. Verse 18, he blocked Paul's way from being able to return to be with the Thessalonians. And he, he also says in verse 5, I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you. It's another reference to Satan, the powers of darkness, one of Satan's key modes of operation, one of the key things he does. Uh, he, he deceives, and on the back of that deception, he then tempts. And, 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 and Paul's concerned that in the trials, the tests and the trials that God has allowed to, to strengthen to to equip, to grow these brand new Christians. Paul's concerned that that Satan may have got in on the back of these trials and tempted them, deceived them and tempted them to distance themselves from God, to maybe sow division with one another and to destroy the work of the gospel in that place. And Paul mentions persecution. A big part of these trials, it was persecution, as as I mentioned before. Riots, mobs. These brand new Christians, they're being mistreated. 
They're, they're, they're facing hostility of word and action. And even in that, we know from Scripture that Satan stands behind that. It says in Ephesians 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It might present in a person who seems to be opposing us, but our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so how do we, how do we see this in our lives? Because you know, this, this, this was true for these Christians in Thessalonica, but it's true for us as well. There may be things that you feel that you need. And for a reason you can't fathom, it's been blocked. It's been hindered. Just like these Thessalonians, they, they wanted Paul. They probably felt on one level that, that they needed him. They wanted the comfort of his presence. In those tough times they were facing, they probably wanted the, 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 the encouragement, the inspiration, the strengthening of having him with them. And yet they couldn't have it. Satan was blocking it. God was allowing that. And it's important to say that when God allows Satan to block and hinder things, it's because there's something else that we need more. So we, we, we often have this sort of uh, economy in our minds going on of, oh, I need this, or if I had this thing, things would be all right. If I could just have that, my situation would be so much better. I'd feel so much better. And sometimes those things are denied us. And, 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 and it's, it's so important that we, we, we see, we understand, and we know that that's, that can be okay. And, and even if Satan's doing it, and you don't have to get into a, oh, is this Satan? You, you don't, it doesn't matter. It, it might be, might not doesn't really matter. The point is, God's allowing it. There's something else that you need more. And you may well even get that thing along the line somewhere. But what Satan will do is that if you're denied something, if you've been hurt off the back of it, if you're facing difficulties, disappointments, Satan will try and come in off the back of it and tempt us to distance ourselves from God, to lessen our trust in him. And we've got to bear in mind that we live in a Western culture which trivializes temptations, which, which tells us that our feelings are true. You are what you feel. If you feel disappointed with God, then that means God is disappointing. Your feelings are true. That's what the culture would say. We should follow our feelings wherever they take us. And that's a dangerous cocktail to drink from. If you've got trials, if you've got difficulties, and if you've got Satan getting in, 
and saying, is God really that good? Would he really let that happen? Would he really deny you this thing that you really need? That's a dangerous cocktail to drink from. We're not immune from it. Um, a, a preacher called Helmut Thielicke said, we ourselves are far too ramshackle not to provide the tempter with opportunities to slip through the back door of our heart. And the thing is, Satan can be a bit of a, bit of a fisherman. He, he will, he's clever, and he will bait the hook according to our appetites. So he, he, he knows that you know, if we're prone to self-righteousness, he'll say, oh, this hurtful thing that's happened. Isn't that other person in the church that's done that? Aren't they bad? Don't they represent Jesus badly? Don't they damage the work of the gospel? You can't take your friends to church with that other person or those other people there because they'll let the side down. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 and judgment can arise in your heart. And, and, you're, going to, and you're, going, you're, you're, you're being tempted. You're being tempted. You, you, you're letting Satan in through the back door of your heart. He'll bait the hook according to your appetites. If you are prone, maybe it's not self-righteousness. Maybe, you know, maybe you're super humble and super sort of gracious with other people and think the best of them all the time. So maybe it's something else. Maybe, uh, maybe it's self-pity. Then he, he, he would, he'll, he'll bait the hook with awful it is that, that that's happened to you. Isn't that awful? He'll, 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 he'll cause you to, to, he'll want you and try and cause you to dwell. How hurtful is this situation? How bitter is that? How badly you've been treated. How unjust. How can God be just if he's allowed that? Maybe you're prone to timidity, to fear, to a sense of helplessness. He'll, he'll bait the hook. He'll bait the hook then with, uh, by telling you that the circumstances you face, they're dangerously uncertain. Anything could happen. You're in a precarious position. You should be really worried. Really worried. Uh, maybe it's material things. Oh, you, yeah, you, you, you're not going to have enough money at the end of the month. Oh, what about your job? That's uncertain. You should be worried about that. Maybe it's your relationships with other people. He'll try and distract you with fear. He will try and paralyze you from living a bold life in God's purposes. Yeah, he'll say things like, you can't share the gospel. You can't share your experience of Jesus. You can't, you can't, you can't explain uh, what God's done in your life because that person, they won't respect you as much. They, they, they won't, they'll distance themselves from you. 
They might even reject you. If we're prone to timidity, he'll bait the hook like that. And God has got boldness for us. He's got humility for us. He's he's got peace for us. He's got faith for us. He's got love for us. And how how do we respond to all this? Because the, the thing is, is if you just let, if you just let Satan just, you just entertain it a bit. You just listen a bit. You just allow it to go around in your heart, in your mind a little. I, I, when I was, I was reminded, I don't know if, 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 does anyone else know the Stereophonics, the band from the, from the 90s, when I were a lad? Um, <laughs> they, they've got this song called A Thousand Trees. I was really reminded of a lyric from it. Uh, in the chorus, they, they say, it only takes one tree to make a thousand matches. It only takes one match to burn a thousand trees. And, 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 and that's how Satan would want it. He, he's just, all he's got is a little match. Uh, but but, but, but if, if, you go, if you entertain it, if you entertain that little match, uh, his design is, is, to, is to burn down a thousand trees with it. So how do we respond? What's Paul's response? So chapter 3, verse 6. This is what Paul follows up with. He says, but Timothy has just now come to us. So Timothy, he's the guy uh, that he sent to encourage and strengthen these believers. <coughs> and Timothy returns with good news to Paul. He says, Timothy has, has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith, your faith and your love. He's told us that that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. Because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. And then he prays. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I don't have much time, but we respond to temptation and trial with faith and with love. They are the two key notes in those last few verses we've just read. Faith and love. In verse 6, Timothy has brought us good news. What's the good news about your faith and your love? Verse 10, we pray that we may supply what is lacking in your faith. So there's good news about your faith, but 
There's more. There's more for you. There are things lacking in your faith. So although it's good, there's more for you. And verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow. So first of all, let's have a moment on faith. Some good news about faith is that the power of your faith is not based on how much faith you have. It's based on who your faith is in and how powerful he is. That's why Jesus said, if you've got faith as much as a mustard seed, a mustard seed's tiny. If you've got that small a faith, it's powerful. You can move mountains with that kind of faith. Why? Because it's not about how much you've got, it's about who it's in. Because the Lord Jesus Christ was there from the beginning, the creator of all things, the almighty, the supreme one, the one who died for our sins and was raised back to life and ascended and is seated at the Father's right hand above all dark powers, authorities, and rulers of this world, those same evil powers that we mentioned before that would be trying to tempt you and be trying to bring them down, Jesus is raised, he's supreme, he's above them all, those powers are impotent against him, and guess what? By your faith, you are united in Jesus. You are in him. What is his is yours. It says, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, by our faith in Jesus, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, this is all because of his kindness. You know, it doesn't matter how well you're living your Christian life right now in terms of your ability to access these things. It's because of his great mercy, his rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, in our sins, in our not considering God, in our going against him, we were dead in that, but he made us alive in Christ. It's by grace we've been saved. And guess what? As a result of that, God raised us up with Christ and listen, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So just as Jesus is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, the dark powers, seated at his Father's right hand, we've been seated right there with him. Satan's power, which is impotent, I was going to say minimal, but it's impotent in the face of this Jesus. That same power is ours. His power is ours. That's how we can resist temptation. It's not because we're amazing. It's because we have the power of Jesus who is above those evil powers that would tempt you. We have his power. That's why James can say, in the book of James, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee you. 
It's not because you're mightier than the devil. It's because you're in Christ. You've submitted your life to God. You are in Jesus Christ. So when you resist the devil, he doesn't have a choice. He must flee from you. You're an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror because of these great truths. And it's all ours by faith. That is why Paul is so encouraged by their faith. So yes, we have an adversary. Yes, we're in a fight. But it's not a fair fight and we're not the ones at risk. We are not the ones who are destined for destruction. That's the devil. What are we destined for? To reign with Jesus Christ in this life and to reign with him when he returns and brings about a new heaven, a new earth, makes all things new, kicks out suffering, ends death and destruction forever. We are destined to reign with him, to be with him forever. So faith is absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. Can I encourage you? Our faith, that's something we can, we can put ourselves in places to allow God to stir up our faith. Put yourself in places daily where you are allowing God to stir up your faith. Even your faith is a gift from God. You're not going to get more faith by kind of sitting in your room on your own, really trying, really, oh, more faith. It's a gift. It, it will come. Your faith, it will increase. Paul says, his prayer, I pray that we can come and be with you so that we can supply what is lacking in your faith. It's God's heart. He will do it. There's more. You have, you, have, you, you have everything. You have Jesus. You have everything. But you will see more and more of that worked out in your life, of Jesus goodness and grace worked out in your life as you put yourself in places where you're allowing God to nurture your faith. So we fix our eyes on Jesus and allow him to stir up our faith. I, I, I don't want to pretend for a moment that trials aren't hard. I don't want to minimize the pain that you might be going through right now. When I preach these glorious things, it's so important to include with that another great truth, which is that Jesus suffered. He's God incarnate demonstrating God's heart to be with us. He came and he suffered. He was tempted. And it, it, it says in Hebrews chapter 4 that we don't, have a, we don't have a great high priest who's unable to sympathize 
with our weaknesses. He's, he's able to sympathize, and he does. His compassion for you in your difficulty, in your pain, in your trial is infinite. His compassion for you is deep and unending. He knows what it is to suffer and he will bear you up. That is his heart. Yes, you are, you are a conqueror. You will overcome. But in the midst of your trial, he will uphold you and he will bear you up. And I'm so running out of time and I could so preach these things for hours. But I want, I, I want to talk not just about faith, there's such a strong note of love here as well. His, his prayer, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow. So I just want to finish with a couple of points on love. I want to say that love is a great antidote to sin. And I want to say that love is one of the truest expressions of our faith. Why do I say that love is a great antidote to sin? It's because the more we love God, the more we treasure Him, the more we value Him above all else, the more beautiful and lovely we find Him, the more we desire Him, the less we will desire what is against Him. The less we will desire what is against His nature. And the more we love each other with the love that God gives us, the same love that He loves us with, the more we love others with that love, with a Holy Spirit empowered love, the less selfish we'll be, the less judgmental we'll be, the more generous we'll be, the more hospitable we'll be, the more gracious we will be, the more bold we will be in love to share the gospel with people that haven't met Jesus yet. So yes, take every opportunity to nurture, I say to nurture, to allow, putting yourself in the place where you are allowing God to nurture faith in you, but where you're allowing him to nurture his love in you. Receive his love for you daily. Maybe if the band could, could come back up. says in 1 John chapter 4, God is love. He is love. He gives us his Holy Spirit. One of the great fruits of the Holy Spirit is love. So how do we stand in the face of trial? How do we respond to temptation? with faith and with love. So I want to pray for you like Paul prays for the Thessalonians. Let's pray together. Father God, 
May you make our love increase and overflow. Paul said that he boasted in his weaknesses because in his weaknesses he experienced your strength. In his weaknesses he experienced your compassion. He experienced your fatherly nurture and strengthening. I pray for us that we would know your love. We would experience your love and be strengthened by it. Pray that you would nurture our faith that all the things that are ours in Christ Jesus, we would experience them. I thank you, Jesus, that you have saved us from our sins. You have forgiven us. You have washed them all away. You have taken away any basis that Satan had for accusing us. You defeated Satan. You disarmed him at the cross. So he now has no power over us. And so Jesus, we stand firm in you. Lord, thank you that you have gifted us with faith in you. Faith in the one who has overcome and who will renew all things, including us. Please increase our faith. Please increase our love. Please bless us that we would stand in these days, that we would see your kingdom come, that we would see you glorified in our lives and through our lives. We give ourselves to you afresh this morning, encouraged by all that we have in you. In Jesus' holy name, how great you are. In the face of our difficulties, how great you are. Amen.